Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Global PR Director for Zebra Technologies, and I'm joined today by Alex Fryer, Intelligent Edge Solutions, or IES, Regional Product Manager for Zebra in EMEA, and Jens Munk, Head of Global Trade and Supply Chains for IOTA. Together, Zebra and IOTA have been working hard to make blockchain traceability more accessible to organizations that need to build trust, trust in their data, trust with partners and customers, and trust in their supply chain capabilities, as well as what we'll talk specifically about today, trust in trade. Thank you both for joining me today. I know many people are eager to hear what you have to say. Sure, glad to be here. Yeah, very happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. You bet. Jens, would you mind telling our listeners a bit more about who IOTA is and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I represent the IOTA Foundation, uh, and and what we do is is not a blockchain; it's a distributed ledger technology, but it's basically a, a protocol that has the same capabilities as as you would say blockchain has, um, but it overcomes some of the problems. Um, uh, as as it scales better, we don't have miners. There's no uh, heavy energy use and so on. So it's um, it's it's another type of protocol under it. So I represent the Aulta Foundation, uh, and uh, my background is actually in trade. I I worked many years from MERS, the shipping line. Um, so I have a international trade uh, agenda, and uh, what I do with the Aulta Foundation is the. Um, supporting companies and and governments on how to use this technology for 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 for, for the industry track and trace use cases and um, and and general supply chain management use cases mm-hmm. excellent i know that iota likes to say it's the backbone of the internet of things or iot and in turn enabling the machine economy can you explain what you mean by that yeah, thanks. These are big questions. Uh, so uh, just give me two minutes. Uh, it's two things. So first of all, if we talk about the machine economy, I would like to give you a little example. So we work with um, Land Rover, Jaguar Land Rover, and, mm-hmm. uh, and they're looking into the future on, on establishing a car as an autonomous car, you know, a self-driving car that becomes an, also an economic agent. That means that they they will have a wallet uh, as a car, and um, and they would use a cryptocurrency. In this case, it's it's our cryptocurrency. But the, the the real cool thing here is that this car, as an economic agent, would start to 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 explore the world and act on its own behalf. It can pay for services. It can receive payments. Um, think about it: driving around town, pay for road tolls, pay for its parking or electricity. Um, but also, it might receive payments, you know, for for driving people around or for reporting potholes to the municipality and so forth. So these payments will often be machine to machine. Um, it will pay the gate for for opening into the city center or the electricity charger and so on. And these are the you know, the beginnings of what we call the the machine economy, the fact that you will have a much more automated processes around us with with machines paying other machines. So that's part of the 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 thing. If we then compare or we we combine that with the Internet of Things, with the IoT space, um, imagine the same car. Um, it has a it has a flat tire. 
Um, but now the car, you know, as an, an auto, automated agent, will would automatically report this situation to a garage nearby. It will order a replacement uh, from stock, and the, and that new order will be sent to the producer of the tires. You know, and potentially involving and automating all those negotiating um, the the whole the whole supply chain here. So now we have a number of IT systems between companies in the supply chain. This is really B2B, right? Um, that that exchange data about this flat tire and, and all the transactions that, that makes this supply chain autonomous. Um, so what we do is that we are securing all these data between all these actors. We are secure that you can trust these data points. So. So it's not just you know random data or data that can be can be changed. Uh, so we get this immutable data exchange that allows the supply chain to trust each other and automate those processes. And then we start to have you know a machine economy that is actually using the capability of the Internet of Things, meaning you have a flat tire that has an identity. And that becomes an internet, you know, it, it becomes a thing on the internet, so to speak. So we talked about the internet consists of everything. And here it's really, you know, the partnership we have with Zebra is interesting because you will use RFID or QR code, barcodes, whatever, to start the process to give the, 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 the tire this identity that allows we can manipulate it uh, on a digital, uh, in, in a digital realm. And, and and exchange data around it. And here, the CEPR infrastructure is extremely interesting with, you know, the, the, the whole the whole scanners and devices and, and, and capabilities that, that 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 is brought into the world by by CEPR and allows us to start to exchange data in a trusted way and build out a whole new infrastructure of, of for supply chains. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's excellent background. Thank you. Alex, can you explain in more detail how exactly Zebra and IOTA are working together to enable these connections to be made and how does Zebra fit into the blockchain solution architecture? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So Jens uh, touched on a lot of the um, components and uh, themes of how we came together, really IOTA and Zebra. But uh, ultimately, uh, Zebra's mantra, especially within our um, uh, enterprise asset intelligence vision is uh, what we call sense, analyze, and act. And of course, the sense component, as Jens was talking about, in our core business um, is uh, yeah, we are the market leaders in that space. Uh, of course, with our uh, position in the enterprise scanning world, in the enterprise mobile computing world, our market leading position in the location solutions world across RFID, uh, BLE, UWB, et cetera, those technologies. But the synergy that comes together uh, with IOTA is IOTA's work in the blockchain and DLT space. Um, and what we have done to bring those technologies together, and this is a really important aspect of our partnership, that it is not just conceptual, but we do actually have uh, a product together or a sandbox product together, um, is that we have used our data services platform, which is called Zebra Savannah. Uh, we have used that platform to expose a uh, an API, a data service cloud API, so that we can allow our partners and ISVs to send data from our 
um, uh, you know, the ways that we do sense some of the ones I mentioned, like our enterprise scanners and our RFID readers, that we can enable our partners and ISVs to send data from those devices uh, onto IOTA's Tangle uh, distributor ledger technology platform, um, which is effectively the, the way that IOTA and Zebra are working together um, to make blockchain or the DLT um, that uh, IOTA have built accessible to companies that are looking to get into this space. Excellent. Even though many people understand the value of blockchain, there have been some concerns about the cost and scalability limitations of it. Can you tell us a little bit more, Alex, about what Zebra and IOTA are doing to address those limitations? Sure, absolutely. Uh, many of those concerns uh, and challenges uh, we have looked to address by launching our Zebra Savannah platform. Uh, we launched the platform last year. Uh, uh, throughout this year, 2020, we have been working with IOTA to launch that sandbox uh, data service that I mentioned that is accessible on Zebra Savannah. So uh, we do encourage people to go and check that out. Um, and ultimately, that is, uh, as I mentioned, designed to solve especially the challenge around accessibility and cost with using the blockchain. Um, so the way that that data service is accessed, as I mentioned, is through a RESTful API. And uh, there is a huge growth in, that, in the uh, uh, software industry of the use of RESTful cloud APIs. And so uh, joining up Zebra's uh, device portfolio and expertise in the scanning world, in, in broadly in that sense world, in the location solutions world, with IOTA's leading position in the DLT and blockchain space, and joining those two forces together with Savannah providing that access uh, really is exciting in how we could get to those scalability ambitions that the industry has with the blockchain and DLT. And broadly speaking, when you look at uh, things like the hype cycle that Gartner release every year, blockchain is advancing through that hype cycle extremely quickly. There are various use cases that are further along, and one of the use cases um, is one of our focus use cases, Zebra with IOTA, which is around how blockchain and the DLT technologies can help with traceability in the supply chain. So blockchain and use cases within that space and the DLT space are advancing very quickly. And I think we're going to touch on a couple of examples in addition to the Jaguar Land Rover uh, example that Jens mentioned earlier. Mm, excellent. So when you think of these capabilities in terms of trade logistics, I would imagine there are some very clear-cut use cases, like you mentioned, that would benefit both supply chains and customs agencies as goods are moved across borders. What do you think, Alex? And Jens would love your thoughts too. Absolutely. I mean, traceability and visibility at a border is uh, one of the, the, the physical locations where it is most important to have that that traceability and, and accessibility to the data of where an item has come from. And if you uh, go onto YouTube, you can actually find a webinar that Jens and, and I did on our joint uh, technology and some of the projects we're working on. Uh, one particular project that we have already worked on in this context uh, in Africa. And maybe I'll hand it over to Jens to, to talk a bit more about that. Yeah, thanks, Alex. It, it's um, yeah. So we work with the with governments uh, and, and trademark East Africa in 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 Eastern Africa, and uh, and they are basically trying to set up an infrastructure for 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 border agencies, so you can take those 
all those papers that you know there's four billion pieces of papers estimated to move around the the value the, the value chains every year in 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 global trade and and uh, digitalize them um but in a trusted way and using uh, the 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 distributed ledger technology underlying that so you have an identity of the goods moving and you can access uh, the associated uh, certificate of origin and phytosanitary certificates and and those certificates that you know the border agencies they need um and it's it's if you think about it you know if we if we take all that data that today is available in silos you know that 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 the that, that traders have the freight forwarders have the border agencies and so on all are craving if you make that accessible on a permission base, of course, for only for those who have access to this, you you just from a customs perspective, you have much better risk assessments and you can you can let goods flow much easier across your borders. We, we talk of those paperless borders, those digital borders where you don't have the same physical need for physical deep inspections because you have immediately access to the needed data. And beyond the border, once those products have an identity, you know, you can like you can Google people today, you can Google those documents or you can do Google those those uh, products and you can trust that you, you know, that they have the right certificates and so on. So we can move away from the more physical borders uh, and 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 that will in, you know, a lot of benefits will will come out of that just in financial terms. But also, if we talk about illicit trade and, and fraud and, you know, forgeries of, of paper documents and all these kind of things and access to trade finance, it's a whole new new world that we can enable. Um, but borders are really the focus here. Um, and, and this is all the focus in East Africa, uh, because it's kind of the bottleneck. Everything has to pass through is, is the border. And so the, the standards set by border agencies and governments Will uh, will probably be a, a, enormous. Im, will impact the whole sector strongly. Is my assumption uh, over the next years. Mm -hmm. And based on those examples that you shared, it sounds like blockchain could also help mitigate many of the anticipated cross-border trade delays caused by Brexit. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, uh, as we sit here, the the date is eleventh of of September. Um, the UK is due to leave the European Union on the the first uh, of January, um, so in a few months' time. And I think the key thing to say here are many of the the challenges caused by uh, that will be or need to be faced by uh, the UK government and the EU when Brexit happens. I think many of the audience will will already have come to a conclusion of some of the benefits that Jens and I have talked about um, of our our joint technologies uh, working to solve some of the challenges in traceability within the supply chain. They can already imagine, I'm sure, um, how some of the challenges that will be faced by the EU and the UK when Brexit happens uh, could be solved by blockchain. But I think the key thing to say on this point um, around the blockchain and Brexit is that it's absolutely not just Zebra and IOTA uh, referencing the blockchain when it comes to Brexit. Uh, many other technology vendors, uh, committees, MPs themselves have referenced how blockchain could potentially uh, help with tr uh, traceability across border um, when Brexit does happen uh, in a few months' time. Mm -hmm. Alex, I know 
know you attended the 14th Picard Conference organized by the World Customs Organization last October. And with the goal of that event to discuss and share best practices for improving customs and trade practices, I'm curious if there were in-depth conversations there about the potential of blockchain. Things like, is this technology on the radar of government agencies, transportation logistic companies, and supply chain decision makers? Were people talking about how blockchain could be leveraged to expedite customs verifications, for example, and overall shipment traceability with regards to Brexit? Yeah, absolutely. So this conference is a very prominent conference, as you as you mentioned, it's the, it was the 14th edition of this conference. Um, it brings together uh, many different customs and trade uh, offices across the from across the world, and you know, there's some very compelling discussions that happen in that conference. What I was very pleasantly surprised to to see was that there was a big focus on on data and how important data can be in some of the challenges that trade borders and customs uh, uh, administrations face when it comes to managing the uh, um, movement of goods across their borders. In fact, there was a whole stream of uh, talks around data analytics. And blockchain as part of that stream was absolutely mentioned a number of times, as was Brexit in the same breath. Um, and uh, one particular um, uh, customs uh, officer was presenting uh, on, on uh, one of the talks in that stream of data analytics. And they actually made the comment that, you know, there is a huge advancement in technology and traceability uh, using data to understand where an item has come from, where it is going, who it is being touched by, etc. And one of the, the next uh, desired um, technologies that these uh, parts of the supply chain are very keen to see is scan to blockchain. And that was very obviously interesting um, based on the fact that the offering that um, uh, IOTA and Zebra have in our Savannah Sandbox today is exactly that, um, sending a scan uh, to the blockchain or to the DLT, I should say, IOTA's DLT, um, to register that as a digital twin and have uh, enhanced provenance of where an item has come from. So uh, very uh, interesting event, very pleasantly surprised, as I say, on the the, pro the um, prominence of, of data, blockchain, and how it was mentioned there. And it's clear that um, this part of the supply chain is taking um, these technologies very seriously. And this is a topic Jens and I very frequently discuss around uh, where is the adoption of this technology going to um, be driven from and the reality is there are there are many different parts of the supply chain across customs um, and trade bodies obviously the, in the private sector uh, for example retailers uh, of course um, supply chain carriers etc that are starting to build out concepts and technologies um, based on on the blockchain and, and dist distributor ledger technologies yeah, and, and I can just add to that that um, actually today the International Chamber of Commerce have launched a digital standards initiative to focus on this, and I've been part of the the, the group behind you know on what should the focus be on, um, and we were discussing uh, the UK situation because one of the requirements for using this technology is also if the legal infrastructure is in place, and UK is considered to be one of the leading nations who actually are working on and having 
you know, a model law on electronic transferable records, meaning that they're recognizing uh, digital data for, for cross-border uh, situations. So there's a lot of work, you know, that could prepare for, for Brexit. And it's also an opportunity, given that a lot of international law is based on, on UK law, um, that, that this could be replicated uh, out there. So it's, I would say the technology is, 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 is maybe a lot more matured actually than, than, than the legal regulatory side of it. So, um, so th 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 there's, there's very good building blocks uh, to, to get this uh, started. Mm -hmm. Given the clear interest in blockchain and the urgency of these cross-border trade issues, especially with Brexit deadlines quickly approaching, as you mentioned, do you see tangible steps being taken to implement solutions such as ones offered by Oda and Zebra? And if so, how soon will it be before customs agencies and supply chain organizations see the benefits? Yeah, we absolutely see, uh, and I'm sure Jens will, will add his thoughts um, on this, this question, uh, projects um, in which are investing in these technologies are our own joint solution that we have launched. As we mentioned, we, we have uh, a few projects where the technology is being leveraged uh, and the benefits are being being assessed. Um, but for us, I think the, the, the sort of objective for Jens and I is to educate the market and our customer base, our joint customer base, on the Zebra side, that would be our ISV community, our partner community, and our end user community of the benefits of the uh, ability to send a scan or a, an RFID read um, to the IOTA DLT across Savannah. We are doing a lot of activities to educate the market on uh, the benefits of that technology. Uh, and one of, uh, one of those opportunities is, of, of course, on this podcast. Um, but we, we also actually have built the technology, as we've mentioned. So uh, we really encourage um, all of our community that are listening to, to head over to our developer portal, where, like we said, the technology can be accessed and it can be tested. Uh, and we're, we're really excited to see some of the, the platforms that are being built out using the data service that, that we have built. Yeah, and you get, I mean, you can see how relevant it is for for um for, for companies to get into this game as well because you know one thing that we talk about is is customs are doing a lot in this case and governments are doing a lot and i i also mentioned some examples of projects we are involved in so it's coming but at the same time for companies to start to prepare to digitalize their their, their products and 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 already have as we call it a, a digital twin that they can manipulate it's it's making them you know, available and 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 it gives them a head start into this world where they can clear uh, products much quicker for for cross border trade. Um, so um, it, it 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 it's an interesting time. It seems like there's a, we have a win 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 situation here where everybody will have the same efforts and or the same everybody will gain from from these efforts. Um, and uh, and it's. It's just to see exactly what are the small barriers we'll see in understanding the technologies uh, for customs to change processes uh, and so on. But it's uh, the, really the technology is there. Mm -hmm. A final question for you both. 
What advice would you give to those implementing blockchain traceability solutions for trade and border logistics purposes? Are there any key learnings from early deployments or general best practices to consider to mitigate issues and ensure the desired outcome is easily achieved? Jens, why don't we, Jens, why don't we start with you? Yeah, thanks. Um, I, we have a, I don't know if this is an international story, so I'm Danish, but we, we have a story in Denmark about, you know, a builder who stands and he's, he's building uh, and laying bricks and, and he's asked by a bypasser what he's doing. And, uh, you know, one of his answers could be, I'm laying a brick. But the, the good answer here is that, you know, he's building this cathedral and he has a vision for it. And I think it's a little bit the same with the, when you go into blockchain and track and trace, trace solutions, because it's really you're building for an ecosystem. You're just not building for your, your own sake because you trust your own data. It's only when you start to evolve this, this ecosystem and, and have the full you know, the cathedral or the ecosystem in mind. And you have to have that thinking from the outset because then you can ripe the benefits later on. Um, and for example, in Kenya with the governments there, you know, we we are just focusing on certificates of origin, export certificates and some of the core, core documents for the trade at this stage. Um, but we're making sure the architecture is flexible enough so we can bring in other partners, we can bring in additional corporate partners we can add you know we can add other documents packing list airway bills item tracking level if we want to go there and so on so make sure that you have the the cathedral in mind when you start to to build but 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 you can do it with small steps and write those benefits first it's a great analogy yeah i would definitely echo what jens uh, just went through um you know especially i think uh the, the first part there which is understanding the the use case really and and what you're driving towards but uh, especially the the second part of what jens was mentioning which is i think ultimately uh, don't be daunted with testing this technology um one of the the key reasons we mentioned earlier why iota and zebra came together to build a joint data service in our sandbox on Zebra Savannah is to make the technology accessible and as easy to use as possible um, for our, our ISV reseller and customer uh, community that we have. And it absolutely, and, and we've had this initial feedback, um, it is accessible. It is, I think, much easier. Um, much of our de development community will have given us feedback on um, then, then it can be perceived. Um, blockchain can be a, uh, uh, you know, sort of quite an unknown space and and dis distributed ledger technologies. But um, I think what I would finish on is is dive in, get testing. That's exactly why we built this service. And Jens and I are always delighted to to discuss use cases um, that our that our community are thinking about with this technology. Well, this has been an absolutely fascinating discussion. Given the growing need to improve traceability and trade, I'm sure the insights you both shared will prove very helpful to our listeners. Thank you so much to both of you for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you to our audience for once again tuning in to this episode of the Your Edge podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the benefits of blockchain and how you can leverage it to improve traceability of your goods, I encourage you to visit the Your Edge blog located on Zebra's website. 
You can also subscribe to both the podcast and the Your Edge blog for bi-weekly email roundups of our latest discussions. I'm Therese Van Ryn, signing off until next time.